the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's good to see all of you here today. Have you ever gone to read the daily scripture readings that are appointed by the church? And as you're reading it, you realize that God has specifically placed this passage before you? I'm sure some of you have had that experience. You open up the Bible to where you're supposed to read for that day, and the words just pierce your heart. This is why it's so important that we read the daily appointed readings, because this is a way in which God can communicate directly to us. We say our normal prayers, but then there's this moment where God is giving us specific words for that day. Today's epistle was one such reading. As soon as I read it, I knew God is showing us we need this. I could just read the epistle again instead of giving the homily because St. Paul says exactly what's needed. However, hopefully for your edification, I'll offer a few words more. But first, let me read just a portion of that epistle once more in case you weren't listening. Brethren, I appeal to you by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of you agree, always people, that there is quarreling among you, my brethren. What I mean is that each one of you says, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? St. Paul, in this epistle, he gives actually three appeals. He says, I appeal to you by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he asks for three things, but they're all kind of the same thing together. So you see that threefold repetition reinforces exactly what he's saying. First, he says that he wants all of you to agree. Then he says, let there be no dissension among you. And that word in Greek, schismata, schism. Let there be no schism among you. And then to really bring home the point, he says, but that you be united, and not just united, but in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, I could spend a lot of time talking about the Greek. I'll mention it just briefly. That word mind is nous, and the word judgment is nomi. Both of these are very big and rich words in Greek, but we know the noose generally to be that God-sensing faculty within us. It's the, how you might say, I just know it with my knower. I just kind of know it. This is what our noose is. Our English vocabulary is rather limited because gnomi, the second word that he uses, is often translated as mind as well. But it also can mean our entire worldview, our opinion, our decision, or yes, our judgment as well. So it's really the fullness of our mind, everything being united together with one another. This threefold command that he gives us. Everything is towards peace, towards unity. Today we have so much division in the world, so much division in our country, in our own state, many times in our own families. Today, I want to talk about division brought about by the coronavirus. Viewpoints about this have become polarizing, fueled by politicians and pundits and media and all kinds of other things. As I speak about this, I know that there are some among you who are just loathing wearing the mask. Come to church and you have to do it. You go to places and you have to do it. And all of the regulations, you're tired of them. 
I speak to you. But I also know that there are people who are fearful to go out, and rightly so, because they might die from this. People who are just incensed by seeing people walk around flagrantly not doing things that are for their own protection. So I speak to you as well. My brothers and sisters, on the one side, you don't realize what you do to the body of Christ when you have this mentality of, I don't want these regulations, I don't want these things. On the other side, you don't realize that you wound the body of Christ by causing that other person pushing them away in anger and fear and frustration. We can be torn apart even from our loved ones if we're not careful. And I'm sure most of you are experiencing this right now. Let there be no dissension. Look to Christ for the example. It's almost like I could give two different homilies for two different camps of people. This is how much division we have in our society. So I'll speak to the one first. You struggle because you're frustrated by the restrictions. Look to Jesus and his patience and long-suffering. Christ was the icon of patience. How patiently he endured the ignorance of the people about who he was, the abuse, the mockings, the scourgings, let alone everything that happened at the end of his earthly life. His entire life was a life of patient long-suffering. Our Lord endured and endured and endured. God has allowed us this struggle so that we can be purified, healed of our self-will and of our ego, humbly in obedience to our leaders, whom, as the liturgy of St. Basil says, whom God has allowed to govern on earth. Sometimes I feel like everyone wants to be, has been listening to that Bob Marley song too much. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. People are wanting to fight and fight and fight. But we as Christians, we must look to Christ. This is not Christ. Christ is not fighting for his rights. When we make an enemy here on earth, we depart from Christ. I'll say that once more. When we make an enemy here on earth, we depart from Christ. We only have one enemy, and our enemy is not of flesh and blood. Your salvation is at stake. Are you going to lose it over government regulations? We must have a spirit of peace, because God is bigger than all of this, and he can overcome all of it in an instant. He is the one who is expanding our patience. God is the one expanding our patience, because he wants us to be like him. He wants us to be with him. Will we let him is the question. So to those who are struggling on the other side, who are struggling with all of the disease that is going around and hearing about the death counts going higher and more people being, being infected, also look to Christ. We see in the gospel today, what does it say at the very beginning before this fantastic miracle? It says, Jesus saw a great throng and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. In this same passage in the Gospel of Mark, it says that Jesus saw the great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. 
What we learn from this is God has compassion and God heals. We too must have compassion, which I know is hard when we have anxiety and worries about what's going on around us. Jesus is the one who will heal. He is the one who will protect. This is where we must reject our purely secular model of cause and effect, saying, well, if this happens, then this will happen. Because that's an equation which we accept all the time in the world around us that is totally devoid of God. It doesn't mean that there isn't cause and effect, but there's something greater as well within the cause and effect. In fearful times, we must cling to God. He is our salvation, not laws or masks or social distancing. God is our salvation. Now, I'm not suggesting that we ignore all these things, masks or social distancing, definitely not, but that they are in their right place. Ultimately, it is God who is the one who is protecting us. I'll give an analogy. When you're crossing the road, what you learned as a young child, look left, look right, look left, cross at a crosswalk, cross where the stoplight is, when the light is green, All of these are things that we do so that we can cross the road with peace of mind that we have done what we should. Does that mean that we will not get hit by a car? No. No, it doesn't. We will reduce our chances, certainly. But does it mean that we will not get hit by a car? Of course not. Things can happen. This is the same with everything in our life, and especially with this time right now. We do what we can to protect ourselves But that's as much as we can do. The rest, what is the rest? The rest is reliance upon God. The rest is believing, trusting in God's providence. So when we look around, and if if you are worried about going out and being around other people, you do what you can. You put on your mask, you go to the places that are necessary, this and that, and invariably what will happen? Someone will come too close. Something will happen. Something will set off that that fear. And this is where we have to rely on the providence of God. As I said at the beginning of all of this, I will not get sick if God is the one that is protecting me from it. And yet I will get sick if God allows me to get sick. It is all centered upon God's providence. And this is what we must fall back upon when worries and anxieties rise within us. It is all within God's providence. The actions of others are beyond our control. Either we become anxious and paralyzed by fear and anger because of the other people's actions, or we put our trust in God's providence. We are two different sides so often in this present day and era. Two opposing views. And yet the body of Christ cannot be divided. This is St. Paul's point. And it's not just about theological differences. Do you really think that there are theological differences between someone who's saying, I belong to Christ, and someone saying, I belong to Paul? No. It was just division. We are in fiercely divided times right now. And we must be united. This is the place where we unite. Here, through the body and blood of Christ, you and I and everyone around you, become one body in Christ. We become the sheep who follow the shepherd. Remember in the gospel, our Lord said, 
he had compassion and he healed. It said that he had compassion, he healed the sick. This is what our Lord is doing even right now, is he is healing us, he's protecting us. Here is the place where we need to be. You heard the good news recently that we can have more people in church. This is indeed good news because it means that you can return to the liturgical life that you had. But you've had four and a half months of a different life. And so returning to the life that you had of coming to church for the services when the services are here, that's something that you're going to have to relearn now. But this is where we need to be. This is where we desperately need to be. Yesterday was one of the feasts of the cross. It was the feast of the procession of the Holy Cross. This is kind of the the third of the feasts. There's the elevation of the cross, the veneration of the cross during Lent, and then yesterday was the procession of the cross. And I'll read to you why this feast exists. Because of the many diseases that occurred in the month of August, the custom prevailed of old in Constantinople to carry the precious wood of the cross in procession throughout the city for its sanctification and its deliverance from illness. It was brought forth on the last day of July and placed on the holy altar of the great church of holy wisdom. And beginning on this feast day until the dormition of the Theotokos, it was carried in procession throughout the city and set forth for veneration by the people. The people turned to Christ and to his healing in times of sickness. This is what we must be doing. We need to return to the liturgical life that we once had. And that liturgical life is also in our homes. We need to cling to Christ in these times. We will be a reed that blows in the wind otherwise, causing more division, looking for division, judging others. The way that we ground ourselves is in our life in Christ, both in the liturgical life here in the church and also our prayer life at home. I have to say, in reading about that feast day yesterday, I was thinking, where are we in that? Where is our piety and faith? All these people who are sick and contagious, coming forward and venerating the cross of Christ, praying for healing, and many of them being healed, and those who are not sick being protected from sickness. Where is our faith in that? Where is our faith in that? A few weeks ago, there was a feast day commemorating a miracle of St. Barbara. On that feast day in this little village called Polydendri in Greece, in 1917, we know of an epidemic that happened then, right? Because we've all been hearing about that. In 1917, an epidemic struck this village, and many became sick, and eight had died, and others were on the verge of death, and they sent soldiers to guard the fountains and the water sources from the sick people. There's an atmosphere of panic and despair. And then one of the the villagers had a vision in the church of St. Barbara in which St. Barbara said, come and get me so that I can chase away the sickness. So they brought out the miracle working icon of St. Barbara, brought it into the center of the village. And the faithful came forward and venerated the icon and the sickness vanished from the village. No one more was sick. Where is our faith and piety in light of that? We must turn to Christ in these times. We cannot simply fall upon the cause and effect 
if this is done, then this will happen. But rather, we must have faith in Christ and faith that he is the one who ultimately will be the source of our healing or in his mercy and love will allow us to be sick towards our salvation. Because ultimately, everything around us is for our salvation, if we have the eyes to see that. So my brothers and sisters, let us be united in Christ. No longer saying, I believe this, I believe that. You are doing wrong. You are doing this and that. We are a body in Christ. Let us remain a body in Christ. And to him be glory, now and ever, and to ages of ages. Amen.